0: Tomorrow night, Vancouver is taking on Vegas. Game two of that matchup, which will be on the NBC Sports Network. And this guy does a great job as an inside-the-glass analyst up there in Edmonton. And that is Pierre Maguire. Pierre, Joe, and Evan, how are you?
1: Pierre, how are you? Uh, Evan, all great, Joe. Good to talk to you. Hello, Evan. Really nice to be with you guys. You, you don't want to be in Toronto, Pierre? You had to go to Edmonton? I do whatever the team tells me to do. Okay, that's we, which, when you're on the team, you do whatever they tell you to do, Joe. So, no, this is this has been great, though. I got to tell you, Joe and Evan, um, I've been in this league 32 years, and I've never been more proud of the league. I've never been more proud of the commissioner's office, Deputy Commissioner Daly, uh, Commissioner Bettman, the National Hockey League Players Association, the players, the coaches, the trainers, but in particular the healthcare professionals here in Edmonton and the hotel staff. These people have gone the extra mile. This has been a phenomenally unique but positive experience. I can't tell you enough how well the National Hockey League has carried this off. It's and, been a phenomenal experience.
0: And I could tell you as a fan, and obviously I'm biased because I'm an Islander fan and they're on a great run, but this has been enjoyable. I mean, I think there was some nervousness for basketball and hockey, but hey, what's it going to be like? The playoffs in August? Games during the day? No fans? Like all this uncertainty. And last night, as I'm watching Varlamov basically stand on his head in the <laughs> second period, dealing with yep. the flyer onslaught, it was the playoffs. Like, it hasn't really missed a beat from the first round to now. Despite no fans, despite the awkwardness of that series being up in Toronto, I got to tell you, it's really felt like the NHL playoffs. And I think a big part of that is the intensity is there. It's the intensity from the players has mimicked the normal NHL playoffs.
1: Evan, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think the biggest thing when you watch the games play out is you see the physical pushback you see the speed and determination, you see the fearlessness of the shot blockers, you see outstanding goaltending, but you see the energy that most people didn't think could get manufactured because there are no fans in the building. But the league has created this amazing environment in both buildings, in Toronto as I'm watching here from Edmonton, and also in Edmonton, where it's become intimate, and it's almost become like a game show. And the in-house production has been phenomenal. Steve Mayer does that for the National Hockey League, both in Toronto and Edmonton, and he and his staff deserve a huge amount of credit for creating this atmosphere that's allowed the players to get this intensity level that you're alluding to, Evan. It's been great.
2: How much of that, Pierre, is the fact that th- these guys have played? Let's let's be honest. This is almost like a completely different season. I mean, they had a they had another off season, maybe even longer than the normal off season, without playing. And how much do you think that's contributed? You know, to the energy level and, and just how good the play has been in
1: general. Well, I think that's a good point as well, Joe. I think the biggest thing is a lot of guys came into the selfie. Um, usually, not always, but usually teams go into the playoff run after 82 games, and you got right, a lot of mixed up right. guys. You only have two or three days, so your point's really got a lot of merit to it. And I think the biggest thing is because we had a four-and-a-half-month, almost four-and-a-half-month pause to the season, Um, It allowed guys to get in better shape. It allowed guys, obviously, to heal up some of their nicks. You saw Seth Jones in that tremendous overtime game playing for Columbus against Toronto play 65 minutes in a game. No player's ever done that before. And here's a guy that had to have surgery at the end of his season and then was able to rehab enough so that he could play 65 minutes in a game. So I think there's a lot of foundation to your point, Joe.
0: Looking at it last night, you know, despite the final score, one of them was an empty netter. I thought both goaltenders played really well. I mean, Carhartt, especially mm-hmm. in the first period when the Islanders dominated. I mentioned Varlamov was outstanding in the second period. Give me your biggest takeaway from what you saw in the Islanders' 4 nothing victory to take a 1-0 lead last night.
1: The advanced scouting and the coaching of the Islanders clearly watched the Philadelphia-Montreal series and what determined the outcome of that game last night was the full frontal assault forecheck in the first period and the third period by the Islanders. They didn't have a great second period, and you you were correct, having to talk about Karl Lomoff and the way he played in the second period in particular. But Montreal drove Philadelphia nuts with their forecheck game in the first round of the playoffs between Montreal and Philly. That went six games It probably most people thought would be a sweep for Philly. It went six games, and they were six hard games. In fact, one of those games, Philadelphia lost 5 nothing. So somebody, whether it's the coaching staff, whether it's the advanced scouting staff, whether it's Mr. Lamorello, whomever it is, they figured out how to beat Philadelphia. There's not a lot of elite puck movement on the back end of Philadelphia. So if you aggressively forecheck them, you're going to force turnovers, you're going to create cycle chances, you're going to get your defense involved in the cycle, and you're going to manufacture scoring chances against an elite goalie like Carter Hart. So I give the Islanders full marks for being completely ready for game one of their series in the second round against Philadelphia. Their advanced scouting had to be very, very good.
2: You know, and as long as they stay out of the penalty, I mean, they, look, they've been tremendous. They're 8-2 so far in, in this playoff format with the play-in series and all of that. As long as they they are playing full strength, I mean, I, yeah, look, I, they're as good as anybody, I mean, a full strength right now. I mean, their problem has been, you know, being in the penalty box. I mean, how, how about that with the Islanders?
1: Well, I think there's something that too, Joe, and the big thing is everybody knows, it now it's the worst kept secret in hockey, but Casey Zizigas, Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck, when they're together, they create mayhem, and they know how to do it without taking penalties. It's a right. really important part of playoff hockey. If you go back and you watch St. Louis last year win the Cup, uh, Ivan Barbashev, Oscar Sunquist, and Alexander Steen were a major catalyst to them winning the Cup. You can go back to 2011 and remember Danny Pye and Gregory Campbell and Sean Thornton as a fourth line for the Bruins they created mayhem in their series with Vancouver that's 2011 nine years ago and they won the cup because of that it's a big reason why they won the cup and and you can say the same thing about St. Louis last year and if the Islanders win people will be saying the same thing depth players matter guys that are coachable matter guys that understand their roles matter and the Islanders have tons of those and I can tell you this I've known Mr. Lamorello for a very long time, going back to when he was a Providence, and I was a young and up-and-coming coach um, in college hockey. And I would say this, he's the most organized man I know. He's unbelievably intense. He knows how to build a team because team building is a critical part of, of winning. And the biggest thing that I can tell you, his organizational standards are so high. If you deviate from his standards, you're not staying there. And the players want to be part of this.
0: Uh, he, he knows what he's doing, and I thought last night on display with some of those deals he made right before the trade deadline, J.G. JG Pajot got all the attention, but how about Andy Green, who he certainly knows very well from his devil days, not just the goal that gave him the one nothing lead, but that incredible defensive play where he stretched out his leg to block the <laughs> shot, so the acquisitions of Lou played a big impact last night.
1: 100% Evan, and it's all about character. J.G. Pajot has always been a character player, uh, Andy Green was an undrafted player out of Miami of Ohio uh, in the old CCHA, and he came into New Jersey. And New Jersey always had great records with undrafted players: John Madden, Brian Rafalski, Andy Green. Because Lou evaluates, along with David Conti, by the way, he doesn't get nearly enough credit, and Chris Lamorello, who's Lou's son, who does a tremendous job as well. They identify character. They're not about analytics. They're about character, and our sport's different. We don't have out of bounds. Everything is nasty. You got to have heart. You got to have desire, and you got to be coachable. And if you don't have those things, you can't play in our league. It's that simple. And they identify that as well, or better than anybody. Those three men: David Conti, Chris Lamorello, and Lou Lamorello. All
2: right, who do you like in the Boston-Tampa series?
1: I never take bets, Joe, because I have to stand between the benches between each. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean... <laughs> but I would say, <laughs> I would say, I would say this though. So. I would say. Tampa really misses Steven Stamkos, and that's a big loss for them, and they've got to find a way to shut down Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron. If they can't do that, it's a problem for them. The other thing that's really important to pay attention to, the center ice depth of Boston with Bergeron, Krejci, Charlie Coyle, and uh, Sean Corrali. That's probably as deep a center ice position as anybody has in the league, and that makes it really difficult for Tampa to play against them.
0: How about what the Bruins have gone through, and that Halak, who certainly has a lot of experience, we certainly remember him on the island, but Halak stepping in after what at least felt like for us was an out-of-nowhere decision by Rask to pull out, and I don't think they've lost since, if I'm not mistaken.
1: No, and the biggest thing I can tell you about Yarrow, I've known Yarrow a long time. Um, He's an outstandingly competitive person. He's got a great relationship with Zidane O'Chara, So he's built into the leadership infrastructure of the team because they respect him because Charles is going to go the extra mile for him. So that's number one. Number two, and I think this is really important, um, they supported Tuca Rass. Tooth and nail, every guy on that team supported what Tuca did. And I don't know if that got enough attention or was reported, but I think that was a galvanizing moment for the Mm. Bruins. I'm around Boston a lot doing games, watching college practices, you know, just do different things, hockey related. And the one thing I can tell you about the Bruins, they understand what it takes to win. They get it. They went to the final last year, and they lost a game seven on home ice. They don't want to replicate that again. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a very difficult team to play against. You know,
2: the Golden Knights are fascinating to me, uh, Pierre. Uh, Here's a franchise, what, what three years, I think, in the league. I mean, the first year they go to the finals. uh, You know, here they are again, you know, with a great shot to get back to the finals, maybe win the cup this time. It's an amazing story to me. I mean, how about them? How about Las Vegas right now?
1: Aggressive owner. Bill Foley's an amazingly aggressive owner. He's been aggressive in all his business pursuits throughout the time that he left West Point. Um, And you can see why the Vegas Golden Knights have been such a successful brand. Um, They're an aggressive organization. George McPhee was the general manager to start it, and he did an amazing job with their expansion draft. Um, Kelly McCrimmon came in as his assistant. Now Kelly's a GM. George is the president, and they've got a great chain of command from Mr. Foley to George McPhee to Kelly McCrimmon down to the head coach, Pete DeBoer, former New Jersey Devils head coach that at to the Stanley Cup Final. Um, their, their chain of command is phenomenal. They play an exciting brand of hockey. One of the things they've done really well, uh, I think, more than anything else, is they've played a structured game like New Jersey used to play, Uh, But they bring a lot of offensive, but they bring a lot of offensive flair to the game as well. So it's a combination of two different styles and it works really well for them. And they're a tight group. Uh, They're right near my hotel. We're all in the same pod here in in Edmonton and they are a really, really tight group. They're, They're a lot like what the Islanders are going through in Toronto right now, a really, really tight group.
0: When you look at the Islanders, who have been, I mean, they've been brilliant in this bubble. It helped that they got healthy. You Mm -hmm. talked about how well their advanced scouting is. The coaching is outstanding. I mean, Lou looks like it. Everything seems perfect right now. I think the big negative was they struggled on the power play in the previous series. Mm -hmm. What's your biggest fear for them moving forward? Is it taking advantage of special teams? Is it something else? What's your fear for the Islanders right now that could slow them down in your mind?
1: Injury. I worry about an injury to a key player like Anders Lee is a key player for them. He can't afford to be injured. I worry about J.G. Pazzo. You you know, you can't control injury, but that's what I would worry about. I don't worry about their schemes. I don't worry about their coaching. um, I don't worry about their special teams because eventually I think they will start to kick in. Don't worry about their goaltending. My biggest thing with them is an injury to a key player. Now, a lot of teams have the same. I can give you Colorado. Losing Eric Johnson. Uh, and losing Philip Grubauer in game one versus Dallas, those guys are in trouble. And now they're down two on their series. So injuries set them back significantly. Um, but that's my only fear for the Islanders, because I, I think they're just so well-constructed, and they continue to evolve. I, I can tell you this. I re- Mr. Ledecki, one of the owners, three or four years ago, before uh, Lou morello went there, asked me to talk to the fathers. They were on their father-son trip. Uh, And then one of the games on the trip was at Madison Square Garden. I happened to be doing the game. So I I went in and I met the fathers of the New York Islanders players. And we had this phenomenal discussion. I was really grateful for Mr. Ledecky to have me do this. And we talked about all the different paths that kids take to make it to the NHL. And I finally said, you know, I, I know you guys are going through some hard times right now. But if the New York Islanders were a stock... I would buy it because mm-hmm. I think it's just going to boom because of the types of players that they were accumulating. The fact they had new ownership uh, with Scott Malkin and John Lebecki, and I really felt that they were going to eventually get the right hockey people in there to steer the ship. And once you got Lou Lamorello and Chris Lamorello and David Conti, and then you bring in Barry Trotz, you bring in super elite people, you're, you're going to start to win, and now you're starting to see it. You're really starting to see it.
2: You know, as good as it's been, and we're talking to Pierre Maguire with the hockey, as good as it's been, uh, Pierre, don't you, wouldn't you love to see, like I know myself, I'd love to see this Philadelphia Islander series in their buildings, you know, in Philly, in the Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I mean, that's one thing that's kind of been taken away. I mean, there's no home Not that the home ice really matters that much in hockey. To me, it doesn't really matter. But it just adds something, and you're playing all these games on neutral ice. Do you – does that take a little bit of a wave of it away from away from it for you? A
1: little bit, Joe. I, I think there's something to that. You know, the energy of the building, especially in Philly, before a game is amazing. Um, you know, the Islanders are going through different things, but I can tell you, when you're doing a game in Uniondale, and I coached a ton of games in Uniondale uh, against the Great Al Arbor, right, um, right? And I can tell you, that the environment there was phenomenal. You know, just phenomenal. Uh, so I do think there's something to that. But the one thing, Bill Daly said it that Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said it best. This is an imperfect situation um, that we're faced with, and everybody's got to just uh, adapt to it. And I think everybody is adapting to it. I don't think we'll ever have to go through this again for playoff hockey. At least I hope we don't. But I think everybody's adapted the very best we can to a very imperfect situation.
0: Should be very interesting. Game two is tomorrow, an afternoon game. Yep. All the coverage on NBC Sports Network beginning Before tomorrow Before I let you go, Pierre, you
2: know i got to ask you this. The Rangers got the number one pick in the draft. Tell me about oh, this man. kid. Is this kid as good? What's his name? How do you say this guy's name again? Alex Lafreniere.
1: Lafreniere. Is this kid as
2: Lafreniere.
1: good as he's Peace being at? Say so, Joe. Alphonse Lafreniere.
2: Okay. <laughs> Whatever you said there. But but I took French in high school and and thank God for for Miss Miss Filippo she said just show up to class and I'll pass you. So that's 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 my extent, that's my extent of French from you know 50 years ago. But whatever. Um, yeah. Seriously, what? How good is this kid? As good as advertised? I mean, what's the deal with this guy?
1: He's legit. He's a big time power forward. He's a winger, not a centerman. Uh, it, he's matured beyond his years. He was a dominant player at the World Junior this year in uh, the Czech Republic and Slovakia. He, he's really he's a special player. Um, I've been watching him for a long time. Uh, he comes out of the same junior program that created Sidney Crosby and uh, Remuski, the Oceanic. And, uh, he, I was so happy. I texted David Quinn right away the coach of the Rangers as soon as I I said you just became a better coach and David's a heck of a coach he's an outstanding coach this this player is spectacular Um, is he Connor McDavid no is he Nathan McKinnon no he's a different kind of a player Uh, he, he excels in every aspect of the game I don't think he's a player that can just take games over because he's a winger more than a centerman. Uh, but he's going to be a very important part of the Rangers, and he's going to be a very useful part of a very good Ranger team long term. He, This kid's really special. He really is.
0: Pierre, we appreciate it. Thank you very much for popping on. Pierre, good stuff, man. Evan, we'll talk to you anytime, down the road.
1: Joe, any time for you guys. Any time for you guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Pierre.
0: Pierre Maguire will be calling the Vancouver-Vegas game on the NBC Sports Network as an inside-the-glass analyst in Game 2, Islanders-Flyers. It'll be happening while we're on the air tomorrow. We've gotten yep, used to that o'clock. so
2: far this summer. Yeah, we get to we get to watch the Islanders tomorrow. That's good. Like That's that. right.
0: 3 o'clock face-off on the NBC Sports Network. We'll try to match of... up
2: so I'm not ahead of you to tell you what happens.
0: <laughs> I you, think I've you, timed it where I'm like— 10 seconds later, you know, yeah. you, know, you know. You know what I mean? I know. I know. I know.
2: The football season is here, and you can track the latest news, odds, and information at betonline.net. And while stadiums won't be full, game action will be loaded. Which players will step up to lead their team? Is there still a home field advantage? Will offense or defense dominate these early weeks of the season? Follow along at betonline.net as the top teams in football begin their journey to Tampa. Available online or your mobile device.
0: Check out the site today. Bring the game home at betonline.net.